Numbers, numbers. So Tom McCurry started something three weeks ago. Or was it two weeks ago? He started talking about dreams and visions, and man, it got me very excited. Uh, er, uh, my wife, Erin, uh, we've been talking about our dreams in the, in the morning, and man, we're, we're, we're like, it's, it's reinvigorated our, our dreams and, and visions. And, uh, and then so Tom McCurdy started it off uh, two weeks ago with, uh, his scripture was how old men have dreams, right? And young men have visions. And Tom uh, uh, emphasized on the, uh, the dreams because experience gives you dreams. And then it was Nathan yes, uh, last week who carried it out with the, you know, the young men who had, uh, who had the visions where, hey, they, they can imagine all the way up to the sky and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and you know, it's a free vision. And so, uh, so I, I'm kind of in the middle. So I, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> So, uh, you know, do, am I old enough to have dreams and, and young enough to have visions? So I, I want to take advantage of that, and maybe I can have both, right, Tom? Um, but, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's to have dreams, how do you keep that up? Because there's, there's you know, as a, or how do you have to keep up the visions? Because as a young man, in your 20s, you dream you, you have visions, and somehow life has a way of smacking you in the face and go, wow, where did 10 years go and I still haven't seen my visions? And you get discouraged, right? And then you start to, to kind of downgrade your visions a little bit. Yeah. Well, I was reaching up here, but maybe I can reach here. And then you get older and you see failures and you see obstacles and you go man uh, can I even meet uh, let me just get through right here and you start to uh, and and that's how do you keep that up how do you keep the zeal we have great examples of the church of zealous men who've, who've been keeping it up like Tom and Charlie you know my parents zealous and uh, you know with with uh, uh, John Rudin and, and uh, you know we have great examples of that how do you keep that up and uh, I looked in the scriptures to go, okay, here's a, here's a guy, Caleb. As a young man, he had dreams. And as an old man, he kept up those dreams with, with zeal. Let's go to Numbers 13. Verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in Desert of Paran. There they reported to them to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here it's, 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 it's fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev and Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. I mean, that's a young man talking, right? You're like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go up and take possession of the land. But the man who had gone up with him said, no, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. 
about the land that had explored. They, they said, the land we explored devours those living in it, and all the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak came from Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Now, it's interesting. Um, you, you know, as you get older, you, you, can't, you get kind of cynical, right? And, the, and I get like that. You know, when I, when I hear... I get, when I see, when, when I hear a 20-year-old talking about his dreams and visions, I, I go, yeah, that's great, but uh, 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 wait, in my breath, I go, well, uh, man, wait till he, he sees some failures. That dream is gonna, it's not going to turn out. You know, it's, it's the cynic in me because I go, well, you know, my experience told me that's not going to work out, and, you know, if he does that, you know, I, you know it's just my lack of faith. And I, I have to learn to, sh- to, to, to shut my mouth when a young man comes to me with his dreams and encourage him. It's like, even though I don't have his faith, I want to encourage him. Amen. And I want to get rid, get rid, I want to get rid of that, my cynicism that I go, yeah, I tried that, man, and I, I, it's not going to work out, dude. Or you go, you know what, bro, you should, you know, kind of rethink about your uh, lofty dreams and, you know, downgrade it a little bit where it's realistic. You know, that's, that's, that's been me. I gotta get. I gotta stop that. Um, but Josh, let's focus on Joshua. Joshua says, "Hey, we should take take over the land." It's like nothing. It's, uh, they're large. Who cares? Let's go do it. Let's go to Joshua fourteen ten. Fast forward forty years later. Joshua fourteen ten. So 1410, at this point, the Israelites have entered the promised land. They have conquered many nations. Uh, good thing is Moses listened to Joshua, and they went ahead, and, and uh, uh, he didn't, Moses did not listen to the naysayers that said it can't be done. He listened to the dream of a young man. Joshua 1410. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive. This is Caleb talking. Just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israelites move about the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Wow! 85s. So I'm going to do a little public math. So he's 85. He said 45 years. So he was 40 years old, you know, when he said that. He said, let's take up the land. And so, um, you know, that's uh, 40 years old. He had dreams. And 85 years old, he's still as vigorous, as zealous, and excited about his dreams as he was 40 years ago. How does he do that? And you go, did he experience some failures? Did he fail? Or did, wasn't he rejected when he shared his dreams with others and tell him it can't be done. And so, so I had to rethink, okay, now I got this, some dreams and visions. I need to re-anchor where I'm going to go here. What's going to sustain me? What sustained Caleb? What do I need to do? Because I've, there's some failures I've experienced, and I go, wow, I have to kind of rethink about my dreams and some visions. And so I came across a scripture in Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to go there. And uh, 
and to go, okay, this is what's gonna, this, this scripture is what's gonna sustain my dreams and visions. Because I, I need something, because every day you have dreams and next year you go, wow, you know, I've, it, it's, uh, uh, I failed in that and now I gotta rethink it. And so we've gotta, uh, we need something to anchor, to, to base our dreams and visions on, amen? All right, so let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. <clears throat> uh, we're going to go to verse 7. And, you know, this is uh, th these passages we're going to read from 7 to 14. This is what I use, and you can use it, or you can use other scriptures to go, you got to, okay, what am I going to, I have, I, I'm, I'm zealous now, but, you know, life happens, and you lose your zeal quick, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, and so, but how, what is going to help me sustain my zeal? What is going to help me sustain my dreams and visions? And uh, let's look at uh, chapter, Philippians 3, verse 7. Um, oh, well, before that, so. So when you have visions and dreams, it's, it's it, typically when somebody have dreams about something, it's an upgrade to where you are at, right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not, well, I'm going to dream to be a lesser man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to be dream to be more mediocre. We don't do that. You know, we don't go, we don't dream and have visions to, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to be less, uh, uh, you know, next year, or uh, I'm going to be inferior uh, in, you know, five years. But, you know, we don't do that. Usually you dream about something greater or something bigger than where you are now. And uh, more superior, not more mediocre. So uh, let's, let's look at uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. It says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Wow. So this is Paul. Prior to this, he listed off his pedigree. He listed off the things that he was. You know, hey, you know, it, I, I was, uh, I, I had this position. I was, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was a Jew of Jews and Hebrews of Hebrews and, and whatever he said. But, uh, hey, whatever, whatever all those I left that. There, I consider a loss for the sake of Christ. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, how much am I holding on to the past? How much am I holding on to worldly titles? You know, in the world, you know, titles are, are key. You get the PhDs, you get the, the uh, you know, all kinds of PhDs, MBAs, CPAs, uh, uh, you know, PMPs, MFTPs, MDs. You know, you got this title and you go, you know, I... But Paul said, hey, whatever is that, those are garbage. There's something better. Because he said in verse 8, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. He said, you know, ha, huh, president of a Fortune 500 company, garbage. You know, I was the president of a, an, a, I was the lead doctor in a hospital. It's like garbage. I was the uh, executive at a Wall Street. He said, garbage. 
compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. So we got to reevaluate what, what kind of dreams do we have? Because we may be settling for less. We may be settling for something inferior. You know what I'm saying? Because he said there is a surpassing worth, a much more superior, a much greater thing that we can achieve. So let's look at uh, uh, verse 8. More, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I, I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is true faith in Christ. In Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And this is my theme scripture. And, uh, you know, you got to find something in the scripture that will, you can anchor your dreams on, and this is what I do on mine in verse 10. It says, I want to know Christ. This is, this is Paul. His dream, his aim. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. And participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. You know, the it, it, it sounds like a man who's not like, man, I, I, I have to know Christ. I became a Christian now, and this is what I got to do. No, it was, <laughs> there's a certain passion about that. It's like, I want to know Christ. You know, I, it, this is what I want. I, you know, it's not like I want to be a four-star general or I want to be a president or I want to be, it's like, I want, this is it. My goals and dreams revolves around, I want to know him. And this is, knowing Christ isn't about knowing the history of Christ, right? Or what is, uh, let, me, uh, let me look at a, my, uh, uh, my theology class about how, you know, Jesus did this and it's not a dissertation of Christ that he's talking about here. It's not about the history or, or, or what he did. It's like, I want to know him. I, like, why did he, how did he feel when he saw the people who were harassed and helpless? I want to walk in his shoes. How did he feel when he saw Mary and Martha distraught about losing their brother Lazarus? And there were there were tears in his eyes. Jesus, this is Jesus, tears in his eyes. Like, I want to know that Jesus. The feeling, not recite the things that he did and kind of have a theological discussion about the things that he did. I want to know this guy. What is his heart? What is he like? What, is he, what makes him sad? What makes him happy? What makes him, I want to walk in his shoes. I want to do the things that he did. Not study them, but I want to do them. And he says, I want to know Christ. He says, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. I love that. The power of his resurrection. If you want to anchor your dreams and visions on something, it's the power of Christ's resurrection. Amen. Amen. That, it's like, it's the power, it's, it's, it's more power than the Avengers combined. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's more power than, you know, looking at the universe and go, wow. It's more power than 
what it took to create the billions and zillions of galaxies. And it says, I want to know that. I want to anchor my dreams on that. The power of his resurrection. That, that's, an, I, that, that's awesome. Then he says, in participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Can you imagine being zealous about suffering? You know, can you imagine being zealous about, I am going to suffer. <clears throat> That's my dream. <laughs> hey, bro, can you share? So what did you learn from uh, Tom McCurry's uh, 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 lesson about dreams? What are your dreams? I'm going to suffer. Can you imagine having that conversation? <laughs> I want to share in Christ's sufferings. But that's what Paul is talking about. That is counterintuitive from what the world teaches, right? That is from counterintuitive from what Christianity teaches. Because we try to re recruit people to go, you know, you'll have a great life, become a Christian, you know, you'll have a great family. And it's almost we're guaranteeing something that we don't have the authority to guarantee, right? Oh, yeah, 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 come join our fellowship. It's a great ministry. It's a great, it, those are all good. But what about, you know, God's calling you to suffer, suffer, to share in his sufferings. Can you imagine that kind of evangelism? It's like, a, hey, man, I want to invite you to sharing in the sufferings of Christ. What do you think about that? You know, that, that, that is, uh, but that's what Paul was passionate about. Suffering for Christ and becoming like him in his death. Well, you know, and, and I don't know. I don't know what, uh, uh, I'll have to study it out. Suffering for Christ? Sharing in, in his sufferings? Like, what did Christ suffer for? He, I know he suffered to help people and to stand up what was right. He suffered to, to, uh, to help to defend the rights of the poor. And so that's what he's saying. Hey, I want to I wanna share in that. How do I do that? And it's not, I, it's not that, oh, I have to. It's I get to suffer. I want to. Becoming like him in his death. Wow. It's like I want to know, what it, you know how to do that. And then he says, so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. Reminding us that the ultimate goal is heaven, right? Resurrected from the dead. I want to read this, this whole verse again because it just really inspired me as I anchor my visions. And she says, I want to know Christ. Not, I want to study Christ. Or I want to, you know, write a dissertation on Christ. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attain the resurrection from the dead. If you repeat this enough, you go, wow, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? I'm settling for less by not giving it my all to Christ. I'm settling for less. It's like, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attain 
to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ. I mean, it's almost like a prayer. I want to know Christ. To know the power and, and really live it out. That is your aim. That is your goal. That is, that, was, that is what drives you. That is your passion. Everything revolves around that. Your careers, your education revolves around, I want to know Christ. And the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attain the resurrection from the dead. When you hear Paul say that or, read, or, or write that, it doesn't sound like a man who's settling for less. It doesn't sound like a man settling for a, a, a more inferior dream or goal. He's aiming for the best, right? He's aiming for the, the maximum, you know, the greatest dream of all. So you go, okay, how, how do I, where do, where do I go from here? In verse 12, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to take in hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So what does Paul say about people like me who become cynical and become uh, 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 suspicious about dreams and goals? And who, you know, he said, press on, press on, forgetting what is behind and straining towards. That's the great thing about the dreams for Christ is that you get this, even if you fail, that's part of the journey, right? And he said, press on. Don't forget, don't, don't wallow over what happened. Don't wallow over about your failures. Learn from them, but forget, you know, go on. What are your dreams? What are your visions, right? To know Christ. Maybe, well, ah, you know, I had, a, I had a vision of going into full-time ministry, and it's like, but then I, you know, I, I realize I'm not that good at this and this, and maybe it's time to revive that. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I remember when <laughs> there was a point when every college student wants to be in the full-time ministry, right? Every able body wanted to go do the one suitcase challenge where they can go to a foreign country and be in a mission team. We, that was our dream. And then we experienced life. And then we believe the world that it can't be done. And then we kind of start downgrading and kind of manage, you got to manage your expectations, bro. You know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got to lower my expectations now. <clears throat> but maybe it starts, it's, it's, it's time to start talking about what are your dreams to know Christ. Amen. Forget about how you failed. Forget about how you encountered some, some setbacks or, or how you still, you know, I've been, uh, I've been a Christian for 25 years. I'm still struggling with this character and, uh, you know, with this and this. Who cares? Press on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
well, you know, I, I still, you know, I still have problems with people, and you know, I'm an introvert, and I can't do that. Press on, press on, introvert. And no, I'm an introvert. You know, press on. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Well, I struggle with this, with anger and all this. You know, that's the great thing about Jesus is that it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. What struggles do you have that is preventing you from, you know, from stating your dreams? You know, I appreciate uh, Nathan and Tom making people restate their dreams and goals. Because when you restate it, it's out there. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I got to do something about it now. I stated it. Man, because if I didn't state it, you can just back out of it. You know, there's not that much pressure, right? But now you state it, it's like, I want a dream of this. You know, what, what is that? And, uh, you know, it's, you know, again, I'm, I'm very encouraged, and I appreciate Tom and, and Nathan uh, reviving our dreams and, and starting this series. Tom didn't know it, but this is a series that we're doing. <laughs> he started something. Uh, with dreams and visions. What is your dream for the greater Huntsville Church? What is your dream for the city of Huntsville? What is your dream for your, how God is going to use you to advance God's kingdom? Amen? Let's go ahead and say a prayer. God, we are so grateful that it's not about us. It's about you. We are so grateful that it's not about our strength. It's not about our capabilities or the degrees that we have. It's about the Holy Spirit. We are so grateful that it's not our talents. It's not about our ability to, to, to whatever we have. But it's about your strength and what you can do through us. Help us to revive our dreams. If we're cynical, help us to revive our dreams like Caleb did. If we're doubtful about what God can do in our lives, help us to believe and help us in our unbelief, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.